This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Leading into this week's recording, we just finished up a holiday weekend with hockey. I had three kids on the ice and three different tournaments. We had, I think, a total of 13 games between five rinks and two different states and a lot going on a lot of driving a lot of miles but good times with the kids um um, obviously a lot of experience um taking place there but moving into a lot of things related to employers uh there's a couple things i'm gonna go through i'm gonna go through employers and some of the things that we experienced that i just need i feel like i need to address to talk through some things because it seems that not only employees take less responsibility, but employers are trying to take less responsibility and they're pushing it on us and we're, we're trying to push them back. But, and then I'll talk about some claim experience. Um, actually, I'll share a personal thing that occurred related to recent events and then also some steps that go through it from uh, one of our previous guests, Marshall Allen, and his book. But uh, it'll be some good insight for you. But so let's talk about employer-sponsored plans. When when an employer says, okay, I think it's time we need to provide an employee benefit program or a health insurance plan to my employees, it's not just throwing some health plan on the table and letting some employees pick it and you know, kind of winging it and saying, well, that's their plan. And we have some employers that think that we should just talk directly to the employees. It's their health plan, right? Like, why can't the broker just talk direct? It's an, and the reason it, it's not a broker sponsored plan, it's an employer sponsored plan. There comes responsibility. There's there's compliance behind it. There's penalties if you don't do something right, and so it's a big deal. And that's why a lot of employers are like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Maybe I'll give them a stipend. I don't know. Maybe increase their pay if they even say anything about it. But I, I don't want to get in this game. And even. Big company like Walmart, same deal. They're offering better benefits now, but for years they just didn't want to even go down that road unless you were part of a full-time management position of some degree before benefits really kick in. Uh, I know at one point in time they did start offering some type of benefit for a lower rank and file, but it wasn't really health insurance. It, it was something, but it wasn't full health insurance that you know today. But it is an employer-sponsored plan. It comes with responsibility. And so... And if you really want to get down to it, uh, if you look at the broker's role when it, when it comes to an employer-sponsored plan, I like to actually refer to the actual agreement or contract that we actually have to sign with the insurance companies to collect commissions. I do know that fees are going to become more relevant, but right now we get compensated a lot by the insurance company, depending on the size of the group and what's being in play and what's involved. Like in the state of Illinois, one of the biggest carriers, uh, and I'm, I'm just pulling extracting uh, some words and i'm summarizing uh and if anybody that's listening to this podcast really want to see what the actual wording is um i still have a copy of that and i can send it over to you and so one is um our our job is to give guidance with administration of health plans and now another one is assisting with onboarding and uh terminations and uh, a third thing that was listed was access access to some reporting not all but some so let's walk through that and so it says guidance, not execution or responsible. It just says guidance with administration of health plans. And then the second thing it says assisting with onboarding and termination. We are not responsible for onboarding and terminations except for communication for, with an insurance company. 
If you have an employee that comes on board, there are certain steps to onboard them. And the problem in the beginning is when everything is done paper, you're duplicating your efforts. Once we go online, somebody actually has to put the data in online in order to trigger everything. Some employers go online to administer benefits, but they're still doing multiple steps for other things. So they do that because they claim that's more important to set them up on payroll and then maybe a 401k, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden they get the benefits and they just kind of ditch it. And it's your responsibility. Um, and uh, I, I think it's happening more and more that they're, they're expecting us. We're not HR. You could hire as HR. We could outsource the HR. You could pay a fee for HR. You could hire somebody internally for HR. But our job is assisting with administering of a benefit program and communicating with the insurance company on your behalf. And, and the biggest thing uh, when it comes to all this is compliance. The compli- there, you can't wing liability a risk. You, you can't wing it. it. It'll come back to haunt you. And maybe it's something to do with naiveness. Maybe it's because it's never been addressed. And, that, and I, get, I get a lot of that. We're all trying to do our own thing. The businesses are trying to make money. They got families at home as well. They got employees to manage. Uh, they got other issues that are probably, they feel, are a higher priority uh, than some benefit program. And that they don't really have a heart or interest to even learn about. And I get it. And there's brokers out there in the same boat. We get an annuity commission. Uh, every month you pay a premium. Uh, we get a commission on it. Uh, it gets easy after you do the hard work, right? So you could get this annuity and get paid every month just because you pay your premiums. And so they don't want to do the work either. So then everything gets lazy in the system and it could create problems. Uh, with state and federal regulations, and it could cost you money. And so you have to be careful. You can't just send out an email for open enrollment and just have an employee reply back, yeah, I'm not taking benefits this time. Well, we need documentation on this. You can't just let your employee just make a comment, verbal comment, because if if the heated battle with the Department of Labor gets intense enough, um, it's not going to hold merit if you're doing something different to document for certain things and not others. So especially if there's inconsistencies. If you do everybody that way, maybe you can get away with it. It's still a lazy way to do it. But if you have some people waiving coverage in a certain format and you have other employees waiving in a different format, that's an issue because there's no consistency, you're gonna be negligent. And so one of these days we'll get a compliance attorney back on here and we'll talk through some of this. But I, I, I really wanna point this out is like, we're not doing this for our benefit. It makes our job easier in a lot of ways, whether it's a technology piece or if it's formality or forms that we have to complete, uh, it's to protect the employer uh, at the end of the day. Um, You are ultimately responsible for it. That's why you need to vet your brokers too. You have to ask the questions. You have to go through a due diligence. You have to, and I get people get busy and you don't address things and maybe the broker mentioned compliance and it just never became a hot topic, but the employer is ultimately responsible at the end of the day. Um, and so it's almost getting a point. Some brokers are actually having you sign off on a piece that said, hey, we review these items or you chose not to review these items and I am not responsible for it. Um, and it's not a signature of waiver or liability. It's more of the make it you know that you're signing a piece of paper that says that you uh, you decided not to do this. 
Um, because even if you don't sign it, you're still responsible. Just because you didn't sign it doesn't make the broker responsible. And so it's just another formality, and we may consider doing that in-house too just because we need to create attention to it. And we may actually start charging fees for all this and be done with it because if an employer has skin in the game financially, they're going to have more responsibility for it. Right now it's free, right? give you a technology platform for free. But payroll doesn't do it for free. They actually charge a fee. But um, some people don't see it. It's all lumped um, uh, lumped together in one. Right now, a lot of brokers give away this technology piece uh, for free. Uh, and uh, that may change, and it probably should, because no one's taking responsibility for it. But uh, what are you going to do? And so the, the other thing is getting employees to respond. That's your responsibility as well as the employer, HR, office manager. It's not our responsibility. Some employers are they do put it back on us and in the past we've done our best to help out but it's gotten to the point where we can't do that anymore we don't have the time we don't have the capacity it's not our responsibility if your employee doesn't fill out a form and they find out later it's a department of labor complaint if they end up filing a suit or even an inquiry about it it happens on a regular basis you need to be careful with this we have situations in the past it hasn't been for a while but there's an assumption that benefits was going to be automatically enrolled, and it wasn't um, because the employer employee wasn't paying attention. The employer didn't communicate right, whatever it might be. Someone's up in the hospital. Who's responsible for that claim, right? That's going to be the ultimate, and, and the employee is probably going to sue. And, and there's tons of attorneys that will take that case because you have liability insurance, or I hope you do which uh, we, we have to do a podcast on that. We got the employer practices liability, which is – probably a vague area for for this, but um, then there's employee benefits liability. A lot of times it's already packaged in, but double check your policy to make sure it's there because you're responsible. That's why the insurance policies are there to protect it. And then of course, uh, it's called an employer sponsor plan again. It's not a broker sponsor. It's not an employee sponsored plan. It's an employer sponsor plan. Just make your job easier, link up with technology, and actually use it. Uh, don't ignore it. Uh, for a, Don't you know haphazardly do certain things one way or the other. Uh, link it with payroll. Uh, get those paychecks right. Um, and even if the payroll runs are wrong uh, one month, but at least you could adjust it the following month. But for the most part, once you get it set up, it's done. You don't have to actually manually do payroll all the time. It's more automated. Definitely update your employee handbook. Uh, most small and mid-sized companies don't have one. Get it done because that was actually brought up in a Department of Labor inquiry for clients of ours. Uh, RISA wrap document was the second one. Um, I know most brokers are guilty of this too. Um, uh, not all our clients have it either. Unfortunately, we we do address it, um, bring it up. It's a cost annually. Uh, they could choose not to do it. And, and we need to force the envelope as well to make it harder because it's rare that it occurs. But I tell you, uh, in 2022, we had a couple inquiries, not audits, not penalties. They just said, hey, just provide us a copy and we'll make all this go away. So we were able to do that for them, but um, that's going to be an issue for employers. And then obviously the IRS is more direct, more relevant, more on a regular basis. So there's a 125 document. Most payroll companies ask for it because it's definitely a compliance issue. Um, there's smaller companies that ignore it and they just say, yeah, sure, I got a 125 document and then no one ever hears anything about it. So anyhow, uh, those are some things. Uh, you could get penalties as much as $100 a day. It could be a per employee. You uh, Tax evasion too if the 125 document's not filed correctly or updated because the payroll taxes, you're, you're supposed to pay the payroll taxes, you're taking them out. And then you're matching on top of that. So 
Uh, some are uh, capped at a thousand dollar fine. And I tell you, these are all maybe small. Some of them are smaller fines that you're like, yeah, here's a check, just go away, leave me alone. But what it does is open up the door for other things, and then they'll find other things. Every business has a flaw. I tell you, even you know, big companies, global companies, they have flaws, even though they hire people to do this. They'll find things if they really want to. Same thing with IRS audits. That's why people try to avoid that too. But just some things to consider is um, we move into the first quarter. Open enrollment should be done by now. And uh, we're actually starting to work on April and May uh, renewals. And we're still in January during this recording. Hey, gang. Ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year reach out to butch right now 708-535-3006 or shoot him an email butch at elitebenefits.net and be sure to check out the zmar podcast don't wait till the last minute put butch zmar to work for you now now we're gonna talk about claims and um this is a recent article actually um, published by Marshall Allen. So I'm going to reflect on some of the comments he's made in the article. It's called Six Steps to Overcoming Unfair Medical Billing. And, of course, we, we had something recently, too. My kid had a busted knuckle. We had surgery. Well, I'm starting to get the bills for it. The hospital sends a bill, and it shows up, and it's uh, $11,000. And, obviously, that's insane. That's incorrect. Um, in fact, I got an explanation of benefits that said that that original bill that was almost 15000 was reduced down to 1000 So I call them and say, um, hey, what's going on? Because this is clearly inaccurate. And they said, no, 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 we communicated with the insurance company, and, and that's what it came out to. And I was like, well, that's funny. You communicate with the insurance company, but the insurance company is – Actually, doc it has a document that says that that you're uh, that is something different. If you really communicated, then why is yours different? And so it came down to they didn't have a copy of the explanation of benefits. I believe they never communicated with the insurance company. It was an automated process. They asked for me to send them a copy of the explanation of benefits so they can reconcile it. And so we'll see what um, I'll give an update on that for those who are paying attention. But my assumption is it will be reduced or rebuilt, um, which is fine. Uh, just fix it, right? But uh, this happens on a regular basis. Uh, not a whole lot of people are in a position to just write a check for eleven thousand uh, dollars. But let's say it's eleven hundred, and it was supposed to be a hundred or whatever. I mean, I'm just using random numbers, but. But certainly you have to start raising questions instead of just writing checks. That's why Marshall Allen's book is uh, Never Pay the First Bill. Excellent book. Highly recommend it. Um, go pick it up at your bookstore wherever you buy your books. It's definitely some resource um, in there in case you ever run into any issues, including filing small claims. Um, most people don't have to sm file small claims. I've never been in the position to have to worry about it. Um, either because the claim was so low that it wasn't worth it, uh, or 
or I call and like in this $11,000, I'm sure it'll work out. Uh, they're not a small practice. Uh, I'm sure it was just miscommunication and automated billing versus um, somebody strategically going through to make sure everything is okay. But but there are times that you have to hold them responsible. And sometimes uh, physicians think that they're 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 on high water and they could do whatever they want. And that's unfortunate. For years, they got away with it. And I think people need to start standing up. First thing on this list here is get an itemized bill. I don't, I can't tell you how many times people call our office and say, hey, I got a claim issue. And I said, okay, send me over what you have. And there's not one itemized list. And so then they call in uh, the uh, practice and say, hey, can I get an itemized list? Some practices will say, I can't provide that to you. It's illegal or it's against the law. It's HIPAA violation. It's That's all hogwash. It's wrong. Uh, first off, it's your bill. If anything, you could have a sign a HIPAA release if they even want to go that far. It is not. Uh, I don't think it falls into that uh, because there's nothing. It's just itemized billing and saying, hey, use this and use this, you use that. And so it needs to take place. You need a whole responsibility because things will show up on that in, uh, invoice. So like, for example, I did get an itemized bill, bill of this $11,000. There was a $2.25 prescription drug administration charge. They charged $2.25, but they did credit it on the invoice. I have no idea why it was even there, but they gave us a credit um, on the itemized billing. It's really weird. I don't know why the $2 was there, but whatever. It was kind of weird. And so, but it brings me to the next point of the itemized bill may or may not have errors. Like in this case, they did credit it back. We've had other cases where I would call them and say, I have no idea what this is. Why is it even on my bill? And they try to argue and say, hey, this happened or this happened. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I disagree with you. Can you show me the medical records where this actually occurred? And all of a sudden it shows, it gets deleted from the bill. We've had other situations where my wife was in the hospital. I don't know if it was from giving birth or what, but uh, there was a physician charge in there, and I'm like, well, that's interesting. So I talked to my wife, and she didn't really remember, but she didn't think uh, anybody outside of her normal doctors had come in, um, and it had the physician's name on there. And so I actually called, and, and um, I actually asked for proof that this physician actually walked in the um, door and actually talked to my wife or talked to somebody or did whatever they were supposed to do. They couldn't prove it. I had to argue a little bit. They eventually removed it. You know, who knows why they do this? Uh, it's unfair practices. They're big bullies. I'm telling you, don't take it for granted. You're going to have to go through this. And it leads to the next point of making sure the prices are fair. Marsha Allen um, puts in here that go to fairhealthconsumer.org and uh, put in the billing codes that are on your itemized list and, and see what a fair price is, right? You're going to find out that things are not fair uh, in a lot of ways. And so you might be very surprised. Sure, you know, you have insurance, which is an unlimited credit card. We're trying to get away from that. Uh, it's it's actually driving the cost up. You complain about health care premiums, um, then quit using the credit card like it's an unlimited card. Um, be responsible. Go through it. If the ho- hospital or facility is not supposed to bill something a certain way, Hold them accountable because no one else is going to do it. And if we get enough of people across the country to start doing this, we're going to have some changes. And I know um, it's already current. It's a big movement. The government does not need to get involved. In fact, they need to get away from it um, or put more regulations on on accountability, which is should be responsible for um, all the way through. Because in your own business, you're responsible for certain things that businesses are going to, other businesses are going to, or consumers are going to hold you responsible. So we're you know, why wouldn't we hold insurance companies and um, hospital 
and medical providers uh, responsible. Just do your job is all uh, I'm going to say. Just just do it right. Do it with integrity and do it honestly. But, you know, and, and, and have some pride in what you do. So then when you the next point, we're going to confirm with the insurance carrier that it was properly adjusted. So like we've had uh, claims where there is invoice amounts and then I would call and ask for an itemized invoice and it doesn't match what I have with the insurance company. Then I would have to do the work and call the facility and say, hey, this doesn't match. You know, everything's got to go in the insurance company. And so even if it's not a covered expense, you still need an explanation of benefits to say that. Um, it has to go through the insurance company. It just has to, unless you're paying cash. But uh, most cases, you're not. You're just presenting the card. It gets itemized, goes through the insurance company. Then you get an explanation of benefits. So mistakes are incredibly common at this level. And so you have to be careful. And then also there's medical fraud. There's people will start, uh, they'll find out certain people are in the hospital, somehow get access to records. They'll start sending little bills like 100 here, 200 there, and it's fraud. And, and so if the insurance company has no access to it or have a record of it, then it's probably um, not legit. Uh, if it is legit, then the facility is going to rebuild it, uh, and that's fine. They, they don't have any problem doing that, um, but you have to make them aware because they're not going to do it for you. And then obviously contest any accurate or unfair pricing uh, for sure because things get overpriced. I mean, literally, I mean, we had a $425 doctor visit for 15 minutes, and it was discounted to $150. I think it's fine. We, we need the advice, but I think for 25 is ridiculous, but that's what the billing is. But at least it wasn't passed on to me. We've had other situations where you had to call and they had to readjust uh, because uh, certain situations didn't occur or they did and, and the outcomes were not cor correct on the invoices. And then obviously if there's still a battle, then you'll have to uh, go to small claims. I have not had to do this, but um, in this book, uh, Never Pay the First Bill, actually walks through how to go through the process. But again, this was top of mind. The article was just released. If you want a copy of it, just uh, email me and, um, um, and I'll get it over to you. But but I want to point out because I just literally just what this weekend we received the invoice from the hospital and it was inaccurate. And so I'm just sharing that experience because you're probably going to go through it too at some point and you have to do the work. You can't trust them. Be conscious of this and uh, be aware and make sure you pay attention. So.